0: Dear Lord, thank you so much for, again, the opportunity to get into your word and also to utilize an awesome gift, the spirit of prophecy. And Lord, as we talk about your servant, Alan White, and we talk about the resources that you've given us, Lord, just guide us. Um, may we just enjoy our time together and in, in, and in the gifts that you've given us. It's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to start off this morning uh, just talking briefly about Ellen White, I like to use the Bible to discuss her. Uh, if you go to the Book of Revelation, chapter twelve, I want to share with you a passage of Scripture of Ellen White. Um, tell you, as you're going to Revelation twelve, we're going to read verse seventeen. Just to tell, tell you a little bit about myself, I'm a, I, I think I'm a, a, a last, as far as I checked, I was a sixth generation Adventist. So my family they go back a little bit and uh, in, in, in Adventism. And to be honest with you, as I was growing up, the 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 attitude towards Ellen White, even way back then, <laughs> in the 80s, was, uh, was not necessarily a positive one. People weren't really a big fan of her. Uh, I think probably because usually when somebody wanted to yell at somebody else, they would use her name first. And it kind of gained taking it, you know, it was kind of a curse word, you know. Ellen White says, and then they would get after you for whatever it was, you know. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't you gum in church, you know. Don't smile, you're in the sanctuary. Whatever. And they would use her... And then it'd be terrible. And everyone's like, man, if, as soon as I hear the words Ellen White, brace for the, you know, here comes the pain. And it's terrible. And, and so, uh, a precious gift, uh, the writings that I, I believe God is, I believe she's an inspired prophet. I believe that God has used her as a precious gift to this church. Uh, many, of, many of the people that attend the Adventist church don't use it. And they want to actually distance themselves from her. And this is interesting. Uh, we, we don't. You know, we like to say instead of they don't even want to use her name anymore. You say uh, an inspired author or an, oh, an author who wrote about this time period, uh, or you know, you know what I'm saying? Like they just want to kind of skirt the issue of her because uh, we don't want anyone to know that we actually, you know, we feel we have a prophet. But I want to I want to take it a, a, a couple of texts, which is interesting. Revelation 12:17. Could someone read Re- Revelation 12:17? Okay, really quick. Uh, do you know who the dragon is? Okay, in the Bible that represents Satan. The woman represents the church. Satan hates, Does the Satan hate the church? Absolutely, Satan hates church. Specifically, he hates her kids. These kids. And then he describes the kids that Satan wants to straight up kill. And he, he defines them as two people. They, if, if you want to figure out who her kids are, this is, this is what they look like. Now, if I said that my kid... In this room right now, my son was wearing an aqua shirt and wore a black tie. You look around the room, and you might say, oh, aqua teal, is he the guy? And then you look for a tie, and if he's not wearing a tie, well, that's not his son. But you look over here, and you see him, and he's got the aqua shirt. He's not my son. But I mean, you would look at that, and you would say, oh, there's Junior, right? Now, depending on whether you like me or not, you would respond accordingly. Does that make sense? Yes or no? Okay, good. Well, the people that Satan hates have these two characteristics. They keep what? Ten Commandments. Commandments, And then they have the testimony of Jesus. Those of you who have studied this before, you know what the testimony of Jesus is. But let's not guess. It's in the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 19, verse 10. And the, the testimony of Jesus is what? Spirit of prophecy. So, if you want to be hated by Satan, which I think would be a good thing, You should be a person who keeps all of his commandments and has the spirit of testimony, right? Or excuse me, spirit of prophecy or the testimony of Jesus. So if somebody came up to you and said, I can't believe you think you have a prophet. I think the natural response to that would be, you don't? Right? Don't you want Satan to hate you? I mean, think it. It's It's a very logical thing. So I don't think you should hide behind the fact that you believe you have a prophet It's one of the identifying marks that prove that Satan hates your guts. Why does he hate your guts? Why? Because God has given us distinctly the three angels' messages. Why? To tell everybody what a loser Satan is and to unveil the deception. Because Satan's got these things built up. And as Adventists, we've been given this message so we can go, liar, liar, pants is on. Well, they're going to be on fire. You're going down. This is wrong. No, no, no. That's the first, second, third angel's message. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. Does that make sense? So Satan doesn't want that message to go out. He definitely doesn't like Ellen White. I found that most reasons why, not all of these, not always, but most of the people who don't like her have never read her. To read her is to love her. So what we're going to do this morning, very practical, we're going to go again. One of the most famous stories in the Old Testament, we're going to talk about Noah. And and, uh, this morning we talked about David, David and Goliath, a story that you, you know, me, oh, I've heard this story a zillion times, I could never think of anything else, I mean, anything new from the story. You study into the Bible and you find, wow, new stuff comes up. Same thing happens when you bring Ellen White into the equation. You can read a story and go, okay, I've read it. Read her writings and go, whoa, I did not see that. Does that make sense? All right, so what we're going to do, uh, again, before you begin your Bible study, and, and I, I believe this too, I, uh, Ellen White said specifically her writings were not as high as the Bible, but I believe that they were inspired. There's no but on that. They are. Uh, I also think that her writings are inspired. So when I when I read, I, I ask for God to guide me as well. Amen. Amen? And uh, like I talked about in the first the first session, uh, the prayer that I use is I go through a time of praising Him, then I want to confess my sins, move into intercession for others, then I then I ask Him to abide with me, or or or, 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 or like I say, Lord. Sometimes I'll say this, Lord. It's not forcing. If I beg you to do it. So handcuff me to you today. You know what I'm saying? Make me your slave. I would love that. Just don't let me go today. Um, abide with him. And then, and then I end it with thanking him. Thank you for what you're about to do. And that's what's so cool is when you get off your knees, you're, you're, you're looking for the gift, right? Oh boy, what's he going to do today? Now sometimes there are trials... And you have to go, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I'm sure this is a gift. <laughs> Don't know why. But you're, you're going through the day and you're like, okay, uh, looking for the gift and looking for his leading. So, but um, what I'd like to do again today, and I'd like a volunteer, would somebody just this, uh, lead us in prayer that the Spirit would be with us as we, as we again, we're going to get into the Word of God and then we're going to study uh, specifically, specifically the book Patriots and Prophets. So would someone volunteer to, to pray for us? Thank you very much. Amen. Amen. Okay, now what I like to do, and I pass these yellow sheets out while some of you are waiting, you, you, you got these sheets. I'm going to give you two assignments here. Um, if you if you do not have a yellow sheet or if you're, not, if, if you're not sitting near someone that is, if you are, you know, huddle closer and look at that one sheet. If you don't have a yellow sheet, then... Um, I'd like you to turn to your Bibles to chapter 7 in the book of Genesis. Chapter 7 in the book of Genesis. Now, uh, this method of how to study Spirit of Prophecy is nothing like new per se. Like, I'm going to share it with you and you're going to be like, oh man, I, I'm either you're already doing that or you don't see that to be that, that big a deal. But I want to encourage you that if you try this out, it will again just bring life to the study of, of God's Word and uh, it'll, it'll just be fantastic. So what I'd like to do first is this. Uh, I, I read a chapter in, in one of her books, and I underline everything that I did not previously know. So what you have right now is you have a couple chapters in page Charts and Prophets. I believe it's chapters 7 and 8, talking about the flood. Now, all of you have, for sake of time, I, I did it this way, you have one page. What I'd like you to do is if you have one of these yellow pages, or if you're sitting next to that person, I'd like you to read just that one page. And then I'd like you to underline, or if you don't have a pen or a pencil, just to make a mental note of anything in that, on that paper that you did not know. Like, boy, I didn't, I didn't know that. Something new I learned in reading this, this piece. Does that make sense, yes or no? Yes, good, fantastic. If you Um, Came in at a different time, and you're not by someone who has a yellow sheet. We're going to take the next three to four minutes. I'd like you to read chapter seven in Genesis, okay? And then once we're done with that, excuse me, we'll come back together and have a discussion, okay? Does that make sense? Okay, let's do that. Okay, I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about this. As as some of you might be finishing up, that's okay. Um, What? uh, what i like to do now is, once, once uh, we've underlined that, um, find the story in the Bible and compare your underlying portions to it. What, what I This is something I do. It's just my method. Not doesn't have to be your method. Some people have different beliefs on, on the Bible and how it should be used. Um, I come from the approach that uh, this is God's love letter to me. He wants me to know it, and he wants me to use it for his glory. So I... I actually have purchased a Bible that has space for me to, to write on it, in it as well. And I, I don't see that as, as being disrespectful. So what, I, what I'll do is, specifically with Spirit of Prophecy, is I'll go through a story, and whenever there's a point in the story that I, I heard of something else in the Spirit of Prophecy, I'll take and I'll write a little number on it. And then what I'll do is, um, on the side, I'll put that number... And then that little piece that I did not know. Okay? It'll it'll make sense here in a second. Some of you have... uh, How many of you, when you read through your papers, said, boy, that's something I did not know? Did anybody come across that? Okay, there's... Good. So this will be kind of fun. What we're going to do then is we're going to go through the story, and then as we're reading, we're going to see uh, if if any of you have... uh, you know want to raise your hand on something and say, oh, this is right where I learned something I did not know then we'll, we'll stop and, and see how that enhances your Bible study. Does that make sense? Hopefully. Okay, so what I will do is, actually chapter 7, verse 1 starts with Noah going into the ark. Did anyone in, in your reading, did you come up with something that you thought, well, this is something I did not know before he went into the ark? Anybody? Would like to share? They all thought he was crazy. And they and they said that because we can't explain it then it can't possibly happen. I think she talks into that too. They reasoned it away. Which is interesting because by the way in the end times what are we telling everybody's going to happen? Now, now I want you to think of this from an atheist perspective. This this being is going to come out of the clouds, everything will be destroyed here. And then we're just going to go up in the air and he's going to take us to this wonderful fantasy land where there'll be no more pain and suffering. Now, if you're an atheist, you're going to hear that story and go, whatever, that isn't even physically possible. Right? So we we, we definitely are living in the times of Noah. Anyone else? Before he gets on the ark, something that you thought was interesting in your reading. Okay, let's continue. Chapter chapter 7, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Noah, "Enter the ark, you and all your household. By the way, as I'm reading, if you see something like, Oh, this is something that's good that I want to add to it, just raise your hand or just say, I've got something and it will stop. You and all your household, for you alone I have seen to be righteous before me. Yes. No, no, absolutely. And on on page um, 96, she says, Every bullet of the ark was a witness to people. Noah spent all that he had to save his family. Many received warning but did not repent. So like you're saying, is Noah spent his whole life, everything he had, well, not his whole life, but he spent 120 years in something where nobody, you get one convert but his family. But was that okay? What if you spent your whole life and all of your money and only your family was saved? Would you do it? Pff, are you kidding me? You'd say that's a bargain. I think so. Didn't it say, well, that's earlier in chapter 6, sorry. Uh, verse 3, um, I don't want to... That's a piece, so you want to read the whole story. We're going to focus on 7, but if you look at verse 3 of chapter 6, God says, hey, uh, uh, nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years. God is essentially saying, in 120 years, there's going to be a flood. And, oh, I so would love to get into that and the meaning of names and Methuselah and, oh, we let's have lunch. <laughs> it will blow your mind. Oh, it's so amazing the stuff that's going on here. This story is huge. So, okay, so Continue on again. If there's anything that you saw specifically in the writing that goes, "Wow, she says this," and I, I didn't see that in the text before, raise your hand. But let's continue on. You shall take with you of every clean animal by sevens, a male and his female, and of the animals that are not clean, two, a male and his female, and also the birds of the sky by sevens, male and female, to keep offspring alive. The face of all the earth. It's a good question. Let me let me help you with verse. Um, let's see kind verse um, verse 2 you have animal which is in the Hebrew is behemoth or behemial which isn't you wouldn't mean you wouldn't have sea animals um, there is there's a kind which is actually genus which means for instance if you wanted zebras if you want horses you want all these different animals you'd only need to get one kind and all of these things I'm going to use a terrible word uh, evolved from that you don't understand like they they through offspring, different animals came off. Like, for instance, I don't look like my mom and I don't look like my dad. I'm kind of my own thing. Some people say I look like my mom, but I don't. Um, you get what I'm saying? Some are like carbon copy. Oh, wow, that is many you. You know, mini your dad. But, you know, we have, you know, through, through reproduction, those things happen. But in the Bible, it talks about kind. So it didn't have to be every type of horse. you know, every, it would be the equine kind. Okay? Um, good question. Uh, Okay, for after seven more days I will send rain on the earth, 40 days, 40 nights, I will blot out from the face of the land every living thing that I have made. And Noah did according to all that the Lord had commanded him. Now Noah was 600 years old when the flood came upon the earth. Then Noah and his sons and wife and his sons' wives with him entered the ark because of the water of the flood. Of clean animals, animals that are not clean, and birds and everything that creeps on the ground. There went into the ark to Noah by twos, male and female, as God commanded Noah. And it came about after the seven days that the water of the flood came upon the earth. Did you guys read anything that you thought, wow, she says this that brings this pretty amazing? Yes? Right. Did anybody read the passage that said that geysers of water busted up out of the ground? Did anybody catch that? <laughs> How about this? Everything that man created was destroyed first. Did you get that? That's in there. We well, didn't have that page. You're like, whoa! Like today, it'd be like, there goes the Marriott. Right? And here's God's people uh, that, are, that have chosen him. They're in the ark. They're locked. They're not seeing anything. But imagine, if you were here earlier, imagine if you're one of the wicked and you're seeing this happen. Water is coming down. Like, what is that? No clue what it is. It starts coming down. And then, boom, water comes up out of the earth. All the stuff that you built, destroyed. What is, did you have, we had the paper that said, what did Satan say when it started going? He feared for his life See, those are things that I go, whoa, but a little will never, put it in my Bible. <laughs> no rain. It never rained. Great, a dew, a mist in the morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. and if you read earlier in the book of Genesis, yeah, water just, you know, they never had rain. Now, some of you that have always lived in California in certain areas, you're like, I know what that is. <laughs> you know, whatever. But those of you that live in the inland empire, you got this marine layer every day or whatever. You're like, man, I'd like to see the sun. They didn't know have any clue what was going on. No clue. Okay? Seven days. They were in the ark seven days. Did anybody read about the this time where the people gathered around the ark and laughed at them and threatened them? Did you who had that paper? Yeah. They they threatened them. You better come out of that ark, or we're gonna come in there and we're gonna and they started just saying things to them, threatening them to kill them, to maim them, whatever. Can you imagine being in the ark? God sent you in, the the animals come in, the, the angel of the Lord shuts the door and you're like, wow, this is huge, you know. Woo! Day four. All right. <laughs> right? Day five. Hey, losers. Hey, Noah, where's your rain? Come on out before we come in there and we... It's a great question. I don't know that question. I I, I thought about that. Only the angel could... The angel shut the door. This, by the way, Noah, she says they couldn't shut the door, right? How could you shut the door and lock it? If you were going to be on the inside, right? The angel of the Lord had to do it. So they were sealed. Does that have anything... Does that speak to your heart at all in these end times? Right. Did anybody read that? What did she say to that? They saw the, an- the animals come in, and what did they say? They reasoned it away, and then they threw a party. Right? Oh, that's just a bunch of baloney. Hey, let's have a party. And you say, Well, why- well what? <laughs> drink away your reason. Let's just have a beer and forget about it. Right? Okay, that's good music. All right. You know, bust into your moves. You start drinking, and then you just make fun of it. And and you say, well, yeah, there's no way that that could happen today. Sure it does. How could you watch the news and not think that Jesus is coming soon? Ah, shut it off. Let's have a beer. I don't want to listen to that junk. I don't want to know the truth. All right, let's continue on. Rain, uh, rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. On the very same day Noah, Shem, Ham, Japheth, sons of Noah, Noah's wife, three wives of the sons, with them entered the ark. They and every beast after its kind, and all the calf, cattle after their kind. This is that kind piece that I was talking about earlier, the genus. And every creepy thing that creeps on the earth after its kind, every bird after its kind, and all sorts of birds. So they went in the ark to Noah by twos of, of all flesh, in which was the breath of life. Okay. Um, I want to jump down to 23. Then he blotted out every living thing that was upon the face of the land from man to animal to creeping things to birds of the sky and they were blotted out from the earth and only Noah was left together with those that were with him in the ark. And the water failed on the earth one hundred and fifty days. Now, again, when you were reading did anything strike you animals? Did anything that you read in there is like, whoa, this is really what happened. (laughs) Yeah, they were in there. Yeah, like, what is going on? Right. And then Noah was thinking, could easily have thought, These, you know, this lion is, is freaked out, he's going to eat me, you know, type of thing. Uh, but God, you know, obviously kept that in check. I, I don't know, maybe they, they didn't have to. There's nowhere in the Bible that says that the lion had to be big. <laughs> you know what I mean? You think elephant, All oh, this humongous elephant. Well, they could have brought a baby elephant. There's no reason why. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he didn't have to be. Uh, by the time he probably got off the boat, he could have. Um, but here's the, here's the passage. Again, this is what I, I underlined. I wrote down I don't know about you, but this blew my mind. Beasts were scared and moaning. Water shot up out of the ground and shot rocks hundreds of feet into the air, she says. They saw all kinds of things that they, that they made, destroyed. First, Satan feared for his, his existence. He called God unjust for killing him. This is like, you can't kill me. You're not a fair God. He thought he was going to die. Um, the beasts were crying out inside as well, out in the, in, in the inside, uh, the outside and in the inside as well, but angels protected the ark. Beasts rushed to the wicked for help, but found none. Who had that? Did anybody have that paper? We're in the flood. The the yeah, we're in yeah, chapter seven and eight. Those, you, you have that paper? I read that. I was, and I was like, what? Like, right. Yeah, yeah, help me. And and then what does she say? They went and struggled for the highest parts. You know, no, that's my spot. They were fighting with beasts to get to the highest spot. She says that they saw men stood up. They got to the highest points and they saw a shoreless ocean. Can you imagine that? If you were a wicked person and you're looking out and the rain is coming down and there's no land and it's rising. Mm-hmm. Boy, should have gotten that ark. Yes. Could, yeah, could be, could be. could be. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not, I'm uh, no, no, I'm not man. Yeah, could have been working together. And then, and then, as it got down to one last spot, you know, whatever. I mean, there was, there was some serious. Yeah, noise. yeah, boo <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. How many of you stood in an intense rainfall and just was like, "I gotta get out of this"? Have any of you ever been in a flood situation? You have, you have. For those of you who have, okay. The water's coming up. I mean, what are the feelings that you have? Yeah. Absolutely. You're just, what's going to happen? You know, if you were, I don't know if anyone was involved with Katrina a few years ago, uh, um, just terrible things that were going on, and there was, there was, you weren't going to get out. Streets were blocked. Chaos was everywhere. When, it, when, when, strategy, when tragedy and all of this hits, you, you don't have a game plan. You're like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, I'll do what I want to do. I'll just run over to Walmart and buy a raft. Right? Um, I mean, this is crazy. So, uh, as you're, again, as you're, as you're looking through this, this is this is uh, these 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 passages that she has. It's just so amazing. She says in on verse or not verse, page ninety-eight. Animals obeyed when men did not. Philosophers were called to explain but couldn't. Threw a party instead, like you said. And again, the power of the study of, of the Bible and, and using the gift of prophecy is I love to write these just little quotes in, in my Bible and, have, and I want to make sure that I put where it is. Because if I tell everybody, oh, and this is what happened. <laughs> they threw a party. They didn't believe it. People are going to be like, whatever. Right? But if I say, no, no, it's page 98 of Patriots and Prophets. You should read it. Two things happen. Number one, it's, I'm not saying it. I, I got it from that. Number two, it's causing them to do what if they don't believe me? Check it on, Check it on themselves. If they're a good Berean, right? The problem is if I try and get up and say anything on my own, it's worthless. And you're thinking, eh, whatever. He's just trying to be funny. He's trying to be cute. He's just trying to be entertaining. <laughs> I've seen these sick oil salesmen, these pastors all the time or teachers, whatever, but when you can get up and you can say, this is what the Word of God says, here's what the Spirit of Prophecy says, it does a couple of things. It it, it causes them to read it. Also, I believe that I'm promoting a sweet gift that we have in the Spirit of Prophecy. I believe that when you share these truths, people go, Ellen White must, yeah, she ain't that bad. (laughs) That was cool. You mean she just didn't always write about dress length? (laughs) Right? I tell you what, you want to read you should read the big five. If you go through the big five, the conflict of the ages series, and you and you, you read that, underline it, and then add start adding that in the Bible, that is a huge, rich, devotional life. Amen. It's so much fun. And it, in stories you think, uh oh, I've heard it so much. I, I was so arrogant when I was a teenager. I heard the story. I I know it all. Such an idiot. The thing is, I'm still not that bright, but I recognize it. (laughs) You know the difference? You know, when I was a teenager, I was an idiot, but thought I was just the most smartest thing ever. Now I'm an idiot, and I realize I'm an idiot, and it's okay. Because the more that I read, I go, wow, I just don't know anything. And and I grow, and I grow, and I grow. And I'm not afraid to, when someone starts talking about something that I don't know, I'm not afraid now to say, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm not afraid to say, I don't I'm not sure how I believe on that. Where before, I would just say yes to whatever anyone is saying because I didn't want to start a discussion. You know, they would tell me how they believe in this and this. Right, brother? Amen. Preach it. <laughs> you know what I mean? No clue. But now, if you, if you just be honest with yourself and say, you know, I have no idea where I stand on that. I haven't really studied it out. I know that you're passionate about it. I'd love to see where the Bible and speed of prophecy backs you up so that I could study for myself. But I mean, it's it, it, it it's it's so it's so there's so much freedom to just admit you don't know everything, but you want to know. And then when you share anything, you share the word of God. You share the spirit of prophecy. It's awesome. It's cool because I recently learned that when you say that you know, mm-hmm. you put a, a limit on knowing, which is a, it's a verb of just continuous knowing. Amen. So when you say you know, you just stop knowing. Yeah. So it's like right. we're limit our minds. By the way, do you think we'll ever, ever stop learning? No. no. I remember when I was a teenager I was like, man, I can't wait to get out of high school. Pff, get that out of the way. You know what I mean? Ah, get out of college. Phew. I won't have to think or read again. Wow. I'm just gonna smile and collect paychecks for doing I don't know what. But the reality is, when you get into a really, really living, breathing relationship with Jesus, education becomes so much, it's so fun. I have this saying, I don't know if it's real or not, but it, it's real to me, that converted young people don't get D's or F's. Why? Because when Jesus comes into your heart, you want to learn. When I have a student who starts flunking out things, I find out why, you know, what's, what are you in rebellion against? Now, to be sure, there are some students that actually have physical uh, or or learning disabilities, and I'm not trying to to rip on them, and I want to work with that if that's the case. But normally, if if you have a strong relationship with the Lord, learning new things is really cool, and you want that. Okay, a little off topic. Okay, so does that make sense, this this concept of of reading, finding things you don't know, and then adding it into the Bible? By the way, another thing cool about when when you really make your Bible your own Um, at any time, place or time, you're ready to give somewhat of a Bible study. You know what I mean? Because you have stuff in it. You're carrying around bread. You're carrying around food. The Word of God. And when someone comes to you and they're starving, you can feed them. Does that make sense? Remember that you said that the beast, they came to the the humans. Help us. There are people today that are doing the same thing. Please feed me. I'm starving. And then you can say, well... Feast on this, brother. And you can actually give them something. The the worst, this happened to me once. I'm not suggesting it it, it didn't happen anymore, but this is the one time that I recognized and I I never wanted to do it again. I did, for for whatever reason, I I skipped my devotional time. And then as a teacher, I came into school. I was in Michigan. And the person who was supposed to speak at chapel didn't show up. So if you're the principal, what does everyone do? They look at... You, and they say, you're in charge. You're the principal. Feed them. I didn't have any food. I had some old stuff that I learned before, but I didn't have any fresh food. And I looked at God and I said, God, I don't have any food to give them. And he said, you know, why didn't you stock up this morning? Oh, I was so busy and I was tired. and there's, These people are starving. I don't have anything. Please help me. And the, Lord, you know, the Lord blessed, but it wasn't a good meal. It was a microwave, plastic, peel off the, you know, eat with your hands, whatever. It was lame. It wasn't a, it wasn't a gourmet meal that I could have had. The thing is, that I can't give it unless he gives it to me. That's the power of the daily devotion. Make sense? All right, well, let's continue on this. Um, again, it's very simple. It's not really complex. But, boy, if you put it into practice, it's awesome. All right, next part. Write down our statements, the, the Hanson text, a journal, or march in the Bible. If you're not a big fan of writing your Bible, that's fine. I totally respect that. Some people have journals, and they keep that journal right with them. Some of you have, uh, if you've ever used UVersion, which is a, a website, it's a Bible on there, and you can type your notes in it, and then it syncs up online, and wherever you access it, you have your notes. That's cool, too. YouVersion.com. If you have an iPhone or a smartphone, that, you can bring that up wherever you go. And so, you know, those are, those are options as well. Absolutely, no pages in the back. Yeah, some people, they actually type on all their notes so it's nice and neat. They don't, you know, maybe the handwriting is the best. And then what they do is they, they, they put glue sticks on it and they stick it in their Bible and they have it. That can be powerful as well. Just make it your Bible. God's love letters for you. Sticky notes. Yeah, sticky notes are great too. Excellent. Okay, now question. Based on what we studied, how can this lesson help you today? Just what little we did with the story of the flood. What did you? What can you take away from it? Anybody? God forbid this happened. But what about the guy who stood on the ramp? Yeah, I don't know if I should get internet. I helped build this thing. I mean, he contracted me. Again, this is just imagination. But imagine that that happened. You know, oh, I, you know, I built the the deck in there, uh, but I think it's kind of goofy. The party sounds fun, and then all of a sudden, an angel shut the door, and he watched the door shut. Mm-hmm. He freaked out, but after a couple of days, ah, I guess he was wrong. And then that water drop hit, and I think of that, and I say, God, I please <laughs> bury me in the hull or the sh- the bottom part of the ark, Lord. I don't want to get off the ship. Amen. What else? How else can this apply to? Yeah. Yeah, he'll sustain you. It doesn't have to make sense to us. We aren't going to understand all of sure. God is going to work. Yeah. You're not supposed to. Yeah. Noah didn't give a, uh, a lecture on the, the physical properties of rain and what caused it. He didn't even understand. He just said, I, I'm just building a boat, get on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, yeah, I, I would imagine that they had water. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Did they have boats or not? That's, a, that's actually a great question. I don't, I don't have an answer to that, but that's a great question. Yeah, sure. Right, or, or like a huge ship in Iowa. Right? Well, it's going to float here in just a minute. You're in Iowa. I know. Wait for it, you know. Faith. Right, amen. Not, yeah, see, yeah. Uh, I was just thinking, well, yeah, because you're, you're thinking rain, mm-hmm. how did light get in? That's a great question. Did an angel just hover over and, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Did it rain for the whole year and a half? No. It rained for 40 days. So then it just took uh, that much long for all the water to come down. Matter of fact, once the water all got done, there was, again, if you read in the Spirit of Prophecy, all the dead bodies were strewn all over the place. And God's like, don't get out yet. It's nasty. So uh, the stench and everything, all the decay had to happen. Now you can come out. But that's in the Spirit of Prophecy too. Well, so he didn't let the decay happen. He brought the wind. In. Oh yeah, he brought the wind. In. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He brought the, thank you. Thank you for checking me. Amen. Remember, congruency of the Bible. Good. Don't listen to me. Well, haven't you heard of these terrible stories? What humans are doing to their children, or whatever? And you're like, man, animals don't even do that. Yeah. Right. You used to say, why are you such an animal? Now, now you're even saying that because what they're doing is worse. Yeah. What did they eat those 40 days? Good question. Now, how many clean animals came onto the? Do you remember? Seven. Seven, and then unclean were two. So I'm thinking there was a little bit of barbecuing going on. Uh, they probably ate some meat. Yeah, <laughs> and they probably, you know, there was, there was, there, they had provisions of food as well. But the reason why he had the extra, the clean, so that they could live off of that as well. So. Yeah, that's, yeah, but they were eating, they were, I'm guessing they were eating meat. Yeah, yeah so what did they eat in the ark? Just what they, they stuck in there. The, uh, again, which leads to this, the next question I, I ask is, what does this tell me about God? And, and some of you have already spoke to it. Well, he brings things in that you don't think can happen. But he's always got a way to provide for his people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I apologize. Yeah, Right. Yeah, no, I, you're right on that. You're right. So they had, oh, really? I, I didn't, I've never heard that. But I mean, again, no, again. remember getting back to make sure the Bible says it or it's back to up. Because if you don't have that quote, then, you know, you can get confused like I just did and said they might have had a barbecue. So, you know, if you work at Audioverse, delete that part. So... Uh, <laughs> just kidding uh, so anyway uh, uh, but I mean because yeah, as humans sometimes as we're talking we lose our focus and we say things like oh wait and that's good to be working with one another by saying where does it say in the Bible spirit prophecy on that to check each other because you know we're all fallible so that's another good point on, on why you want to put that in the scripture and you want to put your notation I like to try and quote it the best that I can so it's an exact quote and then, and then, and then pagination or pagination beside it so okay um, Last, last point as, as I'm getting the signal here to quit. Uh, pray for an opportunity to share it. Pray for an opportunity to share what you've learned in your devotional time. I remember uh, one of the beautiful things about Weimar Academy, I love it there. Uh, one, of, one particular student who, who actually said this is here, is here today. But we, we love to get together in the morning and sing praises to God. And then what we do is we share how God spoke to us in our devotional life. I remember him talking about uh, Peter and how Peter, after he had denied Christ, was given, and this is in Acts of the Apostles, was given the opportunity in the same setting to validate Christ after the resurrection. When they brought him before and they said, you know, uh, tell us whose name you're preaching in, they they put it against him and Peter and John. He got up front and in the same spot. He's looking at the same people who he denied earlier, denied Christ earlier to. And God gave him an opportunity to say, to lift up Christ. And that, was, that blew me away. I'd never heard that before. I was like, get out of town. You know, I was like, oh, you remember that, Chris? I was like, that is sweet, you know. And, and, and we had this moment of just feasting on the word of God and the spirit of prophecy, and, and we encouraged one another. So there's so much power in this simple, but I think it's, it's a very effective approach. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let, let's close with prayer. Oh, one more last point. Sure, the final word. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you again for the wonderful gift that you've given us in the spirit of prophecy. Thank you for the word, your word, that you've given us, Lord. May we feast on it. And Lord, may we take that food and give it to to others. Lord, uh, just we ask a rich blessing on on this preparation day, and we, we eagerly anticipate your Sabbath. Thank you, Lord. It's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse